1: We continue our Old Testament reading chronologically, and so today we're going to be reading 2 Samuel chapter 7 and the parallel passage which was written for the exiles years later, 1 Chronicles chapter 17. Both passages record the same incidents. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verses 1 through 17 and 1 Chronicles chapter 17 verses 1 through 15, we have David speaking to God about building a temple. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house that the Lord had given him rest about from all his enemies. That the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me an house of cedar? Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee, whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more, neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time." And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever." I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee, thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words, and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David." Now, the same account over in First Chronicles chapter 17, the first 15 verses, verse 1. Now, it came to pass, as David sat in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. Then Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thine heart, for God is with thee. And it came to pass the same night that the word of God came to Nathan, saying... Go and tell David, my servant, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. For I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel unto this day, but have gone from tent to tent, and from one tabernacle to another. Wheresoever I have walked with all Israel, spake I a word to any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people, saying, Why have ye not built an house of cedars? Now, therefore, thus shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote, even from following the sheep, that thou shouldest be ruler over my people Israel. And I have been with thee with us, so thou hast walked and have cut off all thine enemies from before thee and have made thee a name like the name of the great men that are in the earth. Also, I will ordain a place for my people Israel and will plant them. And they shall dwell in their place, and shall be moved no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness waste them any more, as at the beginning. And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, moreover I will subdue all thine enemies. Furthermore, I will tell thee that the Lord will build thee an house. And it shall come to pass, when thy days be expired, that thou must go be with thy fathers. And I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me an house, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and I will not take my mercy away from him, as I took it from him that was before thee. But I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forevermore. According to all these words and according to all this vision— so, did Nathan speak unto David? Well, here we have a prophet. He's the middleman, the prophet Nathan. God makes some promises to David. Among those, God promises David that his throne will be established forever, unlike his predecessor Saul. So, here's where David offers to build a temple for God. While the dialogue is not particularly clear in 2 Samuel 7, we see it clearly. And here's what we see, that God declines the offer in 1 Chronicles chapter 17. Specifically, we see in verse 4 there that God tells Nathan, Go and tell David my servant, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. We see that David's heir to the throne, Solomon, gets the go-ahead on the temple in 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 13 and 1 Chronicles chapter 17 verse 12. So, why was David not permitted by God to build the temple himself? Well, in order to get this answer, we must look to some other passages for uh, additional insight regarding this temple-building project. Here's what Solomon said about the issue to a neighboring king, who was Hiram, king of Tyre, over in 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 3. Here's what he said. "...Thou knowest how that David my father could not build an house unto the name of the Lord his God, for the wars which were about him on every side until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. In other words, David was too busy. However, it wasn't just the case of a busy schedule. According to David's own words in 1 Chronicles 22, verse 8, here's what David said on that occasion. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly, and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build an house unto my name, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight." In other words, David had just killed too many people. We get further confirmation of this fact in first Chronicles chapter 28, verse 3, which says this, But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build an house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood. It's interesting that David engaged in war to defeat the enemies of Israel and God, just as he was directed to do. But that made it inappropriate in God's eyes for him to be the one to build the temple. Perhaps that gives us some understanding of why the Levites, who serviced the tabernacle and temple, were designated as draft-exempt per God's command. They couldn't go to war. However, the good news of the eternally established kingdom of David far surpasses the disappointment of not being allowed to build the temple itself. As a matter of fact, this passage marks the establishment of the Davidic Covenant. Those are certain eternal promises made by God to David. Now, I've written an article on the Davidic covenant that you may find enlightening. It's under the topic section of BibleTrack.org. Or if you're looking at the written notes of today's reading, you'll notice it's in the pink box there to the right. Now, uh, the Davidic covenant consists of the following promises. Number one, God promised David a successor, Solomon, one who would build the temple. Number two, God promised to establish David's throne as a continuing family dynasty. And number three, his throne would be established forever, a feat made possible through Jesus Christ. And again, if you want to read all about the Davidic covenant, which is outlined here in Second Samuel chapter 7, look at that article on the Davidic covenant on the topic section of BibleTact.org. Now there's another aspect of the Davidic covenant that's worth considering here. David, you must admit, was far from a flawless man, although God does acknowledge that David was a man and quote, who followed me with all his heart in 1st Kings chapter 14 verse 8. However, after this covenant in 2nd Samuel chapter 7 was established, the chapter we're reading today, David did commit some pretty grievous sins, adultery and murder around the incident involving Bathsheba and Uriah in 2 Samuel chapter 11. So here's the question. Was God's covenant with David still valid during the time that David was committing these awful sins? Well, the answer to that is, well, of course it was still valid. God's covenant with David was an unconditional covenant, and still is an unconditional covenant. So what's my point here? Well, think about it. The unconditional covenant that God makes with each of us for salvation is not invalidated by our sinful actions as Christians any more than God's covenant with David was invalidated by David's actions. A covenant's a covenant. Now, God dealt pretty severely with David for his sins, but he never invalidated the covenant. Likewise, God deals with believer's sins but he never invalidates his covenant with us. If you want a complete understanding of how God chastises disobedient believers, as he did with David, then look at my written notes on Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. All in all, it was a really good day for David. By the way, this covenant sits at the base of virtually all our prophecies. It's the foundation for the book of Revelation. In our next sections of Second Samuel chapter seven, specifically verses eighteen to twenty nine and first Chronicles chapter seventeen verses sixteen to twenty seven, here's where David praised to God. Second Samuel chapter seven verse eighteen. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God, But thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. And is this the manner of man, O Lord God? And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. For thy word's sake, and according to thine own heart, hast thou done all these great things, to make thy servant know them. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee. According to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation of the earth is like thy people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself, and to make him a name, and to do for you great things and terrible for thy land, before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods? For thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people, Israel, to be a people unto thee forever. And thou, Lord, art become their God. And now, O Lord God, the word that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant, and concerning his house, establish it for ever, and do as thou hast said. And let thy name be magnified for ever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel. And let the house of thy servant David be established before thee. For thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, hast revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee a house. Therefore hath thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee. And now, O Lord God, thou art that God, and thy words be true. And thou hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. Therefore now let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee, for thou, O Lord God, hast spoken it. And with thy blessing let the house of thy servant be blessed forever. Now the same prayer, David to God, as recorded in First Chronicles chapter 17, beginning with verse 16. And David the king came and sat before the Lord, and said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is mine house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And yet this was a small thing in thine eyes, O God, for thou hast also spoken of thy servant's house for a great while to come, and hast regarded me according to the estate of a man of high degree, O Lord God. What can David speak more to thee for the honor of thy servant? For thou knowest thy servant, O Lord, for thy servant's sake and according to thine own heart hast thou done all this greatness, in making known all these great things? O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in the earth is like thy people Israel, whom God went to redeem to be his own people, to make thee a name of greatness and terribleness by driving out nations from before thy people, whom thou hast redeemed out of Egypt?' For thy people Israel didst thou make thine own people forever, and thou, Lord, becamest their God. Therefore now, Lord, let the thing that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant concerning his house be established forever, and do as thou hast said. Let it even be established that thy name may be magnified, forever saying, The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel even a God to Israel, and to let the house of David thy servant be established before thee. For thou, O my God, hast told thy servant that thou wilt build him a house. Therefore thy servant hath found in his heart to pray before thee. And now, Lord, thou art God, and hast promised his goodness unto thy servant. Now therefore let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may be before thee for ever, For thou blessest, O Lord, and it shall be blessed forever. So, what do you do when God promises to establish a kingdom forever? Well, David speaks to God in prayer, expressing his gratitude for God's goodness to David and his people. Incidentally, Psalm 89 is particularly meaningful when read in light of this occasion. It's also worth noting in this prayer of thanksgiving that David does not mourn God's refusal to allow him to be the one to build the temple itself. David is just thankful to God for his special considerations upon David and all of Israel. Oh, by the way, notice the frequent usage by David in this prayer of Lord God. That's really the combination of two words which are ordinarily translated Lord in the English, but are distinctly different in Hebrew. When you see in all caps the word L-O-R-D, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, The Hebrew equivalent there is Jehovah, sometimes pronounced Yahweh. It's the unique name for the God of Israel. English Bibles consistently designate this Hebrew rendering by printing LORD in all caps. When all the letters are not capitalized, that Hebrew word is Adonai. This word equates to master, and in addition to its usage as a reference to God, it's also used to note the authority one person has over another person, as in Genesis chapter 8, verse 12, when Sarah refers to Abraham as her lord, small l-o-r-d. The proper rendering is determined by context, when the word Adonai is translated into English. For the sake of this discussion, I should also mention the Hebrew word for God, which is Elohim. Uh, Elohim, the context, determines to whom this Hebrew word refers— either the God of heaven or sometimes the false gods. The form of the word Elohim is actually plural. And uh, whenever you look at that word, and uh, it's speaking of the one true God, the modifiers and associated verbs take on a singular form. But when the modifiers and the accompanying verbs are plural, it's talking about false gods, Now that we have that groundwork out of the way, let's take a look at the words that David uses in his prayer here. Every time you see the words Lord God in this prayer, he's really using the Adonai-Yahweh combination. However, I guess the editors of the King James Version thought that sounded a little bit funny, translated into English, you know, Lord, Lord. So they substituted the English word God in place of Lord in this passage, the one that was translated from Adonai. Usually, God is derived from the Hebrew word Elohim, but not in this passage.
0: This concludes our podcast for today. I am Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.biblechurch.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.